0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about a movie that should have been in theaters, but of course, everything's still closed down. And so instead, we paid $20 to watch it on video on demand. It is Judd Apatow's The King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson. I'm realizing now as I say that out loud, this is the first Judd Apatow movie I did not get to see in a theater. Um, That's kind of a shame, but you know what? We had a fun time talking about the movie. Uh, Joining me for this episode is JC from the Screen Fix podcast, a podcast that I've been a guest on a few times now, and I always enjoy talking to JC as well as his co-host, Lady One, who's been on Piecing It Together a bunch of times, so... We have a great conversation coming up for you. And as always, before we get into that, I do want to remind you to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Also join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where the conversation continues about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So, uh, you know, I think without any further ado, we might as well just jump into this episode. we got a nice long conversation for you guys. So let's
1: talk about The King of Staten Island. JC, stamp of sound <laughs> for Piecing Pod, take two. Season, take two yeah season five episode 473
0: <laughs> pretty close actually um, yeah no kidding yeah. you
1: are prolific we cannot pump them out we if we try to do that we we go insane like we become uh like she becomes grouchy i mm-hmm. become mean and we don't want to podcast with each other it's like it's not good
0: well i gotta tell you jc from Screen fix and by the way i'm just gonna it's gonna be going at this
1: point on the episode but uh oh don't you can't bring that up don't say yeah, that i yeah. fight with my co-host and <laughs> she gets angry and we get terrible we get mean with each other
0: uh, i'm sure she'll appreciate it uh right. but i i gotta i gotta tell you i'm i'm you know june has been a busy month i i don't know how may has been a busy month with everything with trying to fit in older movies with the missing pieces with trying to fit in new movies with all the streaming stuff. And I I don't know, I'm going to have to slow it down a little bit for July. It's like, there's just too many damn movies when it, when you're kind of, you know, narrowing it down to theatrically released movies, you can kind of
1: have a better schedule, you know, going forward. Now it's it's just, it's everything. It's, it's hard. I think, uh, my podcast screen fix has, uh, (laughs) Uh, struggled with like not just making episodes to make episodes, mm-hmm. like you know we want to still put out an episode that where we both have something to say, sure. And we're not just making an episode because well we didn't have one this week. What should we do? You know mm-hmm. because it has it's been kind of a weird dead zone, and now they're moving they're pushing movies back now. Tenet, two weeks. Wonder Woman is now October. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, is 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 Mulan still going to come out? Well, we know that
0: Russell Crowe movie's coming out. That's the one thing oh, we can be God. sure of. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: don't care about Mulan because it's not a musical. That's not not my Mulan. Yeah,
0: not not JC's Mulan. No. but to, No <laughs> today Donny Osmond,
1: no way.
0: Today we're going to talk about another movie that... Probably should have been in theaters at one point. Although, we'll get into it as we're, we're talking about this movie. I think it is kind of more suited for TV in a way. But the movie is The King of Staten Island, Judd Apatow's new film. And, you know, first things first, JC, you uh, yeah. you volunteered to be my co-host for this episode.
1: Yeah. I take it you are a, a huge Judd Apatow fan. Is that right? No. No, I'm not a huge Judd Apatow fan. I, in fact, I I think that he, I think that, in a way, he damaged comedy, for Mm. a decade at least. Mm -hmm. And I have reasons for that. I I think like, it's it's that whole like, let your talent improv away, and we'll just take the best take or the best joke, and sure create a movie out of that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that really killed comedy for a while. And it's not really him so much, even though he has terrible tendencies with his movies too. They're over long. Right. There's all kind of, uh, there's all kinds of unresolved side plots and just, they really meander his move. All of his movies do it. Um, meandering is the thing for meandering sure. is definitely the thing with his movies. And you know, I think he gets away with some of that improv by having people be kind of directionless slobs uh, surrounded by stoner friends and weirdos. Like, it's... Uh, when he's making these, like, man-child movies or, you know, people stuck in a rut movies, it, it, you can probably improv some some of that. But, you know, there's always been, you know, uh, improv movies. I mean, there's been just... Sure. M- movies that are all improv, like... What is the... um. Turn it up like to the Christopher 11. Christopher Guest um, movies. Right. Um, yeah. Spin, but, spinal Tap. Right. All like, that. This is Spinal Tap. Um, you know, and, the, you know, there were great 80s uh, improvers like Bill, Bill Murray. The thing is, the mm-hmm. 80s, those movies where people are improving in the 80s are very different. Like, uh, all these movies have talented people in them, but they're different kinds of movies. Like, 80s improvisational comedies were more about fuck the man making a statement against established authority. They were mm-hmm. always about uh, rich people suck. Authority figures suck. We gotta stick it to them. And they were these like wacky middle finger movies where the schmarmy hero, slacker hero, is, you know, improving jokes at the expense of this clueless authority figure or rich person. Right. Like it's 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 a different. They're more they're more wacky and more like kind of like like getting one over on mm-hmm. somebody these apatow movies are 40 year old virgin worked and i don't think a lot of his other ones worked very very well and that's because like in his in his subsequent movies after 40 year old virgin he's like apatow movies are more about like these man children that have like a lesson to learn and they need to grow up and there's some serious issues in there whether it's like Turning 40 and dealing with whether or not you're still in love with someone or whether you're not you're still desirable or like uh, get somebody getting pregnant or as things. These are not wacky ideas like these Mm -hmm. are there's some pretty serious ideas being thrown in here. And when you're letting people improv over it, characters don't stay in character. They're just Mm -hmm. riffing, trying to say the funniest thing. And right. you know they're suddenly meandering in and out of their own character, and that's where I think uh, things fail and and get out of whack. And there have been a lot of, and you can see it happening when you're watching a bad version of one of these, Life of the Party, Night School, like these movies where you just see the really talented people, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Hart. You're seeing these people that they're they're saying funny things, but they're saying just anything and it's out of character and it's random and it's making for this like disjointed movie experience. I think the, actually the Ghostbusters room remake suffered from this the worst. And that's Mm. Paul Feig, who is a Apatow guy. They both were from freaks and geeks. They both worked on freaks and geeks and he had that same get four funny people and just let them riff. And you can see in all of the making of footage, it's literally just them Line after line after line. In fact, I know there's. Uh, Chris Hemsworth said that in the scene where he's just sitting at the table and they're 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 interviewing him, he said that like Paul Feig just literally just left the camera on for like hours, and it just he just was able to say whatever <laughs> it's the he Apatow wanted. School. There's like somebody get him some lines for Christ's sake. You know, like it's just that's not <laughs> really the best way to make a movie. And I think that that's where mm-hmm. where people took what Apatow did. And and they do it wrong, mm-hmm. right? and I think he's he's partially to blame too because I really don't think he's made any really great movies since Forty hmm. Year Old Virgin. You know that's uh, I know I just went off on a tangent there, but you asked me. It's all good. <laughs> I, I I did. I certainly did. And
0: I I agree with bits and pieces. I disagree with bits and pieces. It, I'm not going to like go down the list right now because I'm sure a lot of that stuff is going to come up as yeah. we're going through puzzle pieces in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, what, one thing, though, before we get to our first puzzle piece that I yeah. do want to uh, bring up is uh, you mentioned that you did like The 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's your favorite of yes. his movies. We had discussed at one point possibly doing a Missing Pieces episode on that movie. Is that why that was something that was... You know, possibly on your minds because you actually do like that appetite.
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's that's the one I, because that one is not um, uh, Steve Carell's character isn't really a slack, He's not really a stuck, stuck in life slacker. He's definitely a character. He's got his own. He is stuck, but he's not like a man child. He who doesn't. Who's like a directionless man child? He's like right. He's he's his own interesting character. Steve Steve Carell brings a lot to that character of like the virgin, and is you know, and he he does have his you know, uh, slackery type of you know coworkers, but the movie doesn't. The movie has more energy and doesn't feel as lazy as as the ones mm-hmm. that come after it. Um, For sure, I I can I can
0: totally see that as a. Uh... You know, as, as a way of looking at it. And I, I think also one other thing before we get into our first puzzle pieces here is I think a major part of whether this formula works that like the whole Apatow thing is yeah. is how good the performers are, really. And I mean, when you've got when it's Paul Rudd doing the, uh, you know, you know, doing the improv bits and all that. You know, it's so much fun to watch. When it's Steve Carell, it's so much fun to watch. You know, even Seth Rogen is pretty great in most of his things. Yeah. Uh, then you come to the King of Staten Island, and you get Pete Davidson and these these other people. And I, there's definitely a you know a younger than me audience who loves this guy. I don't necessarily know what it is that they love,
1: but well, you know, think guess- Pete Davidson doesn't know why anyone. Likes <laughs> yeah, David, there you go. The man himself. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, I think he does a
0: fine job in this, uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I'm not recognizing him as improving hilarious lines that only could have come from the mind of Pete Davidson. They just seem like comedy lines, but. Again, we're going to get into a lot of that as we get into some pieces, and I sure. know we discussed ahead of time that uh, coming up with pieces for this one was a, l- a little bit tough. But uh, you know, Crazy I've got some. Tough. You've got some. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird. I got to say, I um, w- when I was making my notes, I don't usually do this with with movies. Usually, I have fully formed yeah like pieces when I'm watching a movie. But I wrote down like. A movie about a loser. A movie about growing up.
1: A movie about getting yeah, along with your no, stepdad. Same, yeah, same. You same, know, same thing. And yeah. and okay, <laughs> hold on. David Rosen of yeah. piecing it together. Yes. I know, I know why it was so hard for me to find puzzle pieces to this. Do you want to know? I want to know because Casey of Screen Fix. Brother. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is only two thirds of a movie. Mm. it's the most meandering first act of of a movie, long meandering first act of a movie you've ever watched. Mm -hmm. A really truncated, tiny act two, and no act three whatsoever. Our character, once he starts to turn around, it ends. Not when he does turn around, when he starts. So it's missing the whole act three. So... That's why when you watch this movie, you're like, you can't find any pieces because it's two-thirds of a movie. So it's 2 three. it's so, it's so vague. That's why you're mm-hmm. like, growing, slacker growing up movie, Lo- like you can't place it because it's not a full movie. It's, it's a piece of a movie. It's yeah. a piece, it's a, it's. <laughs> that's what makes it's like a puzzle we're trying to piece together something that doesn't have all the pieces there and that's what's that's what makes finding puzzle pieces so hard here wow because it's i like that metaphor that works right it fits yeah i like it
0: (laughs) well why why don't we try what do you got for your first piece
1: Oh, boy. I'm just going to go for my my best comparison first because, like I said, this was so so hard for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But my first one was, my first puzzle piece uh, is actually Say Anything Mm -hmm. because Say Anything is one of those movies that also is kind of missing its third act. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Our character at the end, does he change? Is he breaking through at the end of say anything Lloyd Dobler, the slacker who like Pete Davidson, who wants to open a tattoo restaurant, which people find absurd. um, (laughs) Lloyd Dobler wants to do kickboxing, Mm -hmm. uh, which everyone also thinks is absurd that that's what he wants to do with his life. And just kind of not motivated to do much or be much. In fact, he says that all he wants to do is just be with, Ion Sky's character. And right. at the end of the movie, does he change? No, all he does is he gets on a plane and goes to to England with Ion Sky. He doesn't he's not doing anything for himself really. Sure. So I found some similarities there with this character who seemingly has no direction. Uh, his one ambition is found to be ridiculous by the other characters in the movie. And at mm-hmm. the end does he change? Question mark. Not really. He's still Lloyd. Still Lloyd. Uh, has he learned any real life lessons? I don't know. Uh, Pete <laughs> Davis, they try in this movie to give him some life lessons, but they're really, they feel a little unearned, and mm-hmm. and you don't see that next step. So that's where uh, Say Anything really was a a, a puzzle piece for me. Sure.
0: No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I love that with the ending, especially, uh, like you said, like, you know, it, you really just don't know if this person has grown or learned anything or, you know, if the next stage is going to be, you know, anything new, or if it's just basically going to be continuing to meander through life because that, that, the person really hasn't shown that much, uh, capacity for growing at this point. Yeah. Just just a hint or a spark or a little bit, but I'll go to my first piece, which yeah, I think was the first like obvious one that came to mind, and that's Adam Sandler's Big Daddy, oh, um, okay. which I mean, again, you know, it, it's the same kind of thing. You got this like kind of loser drifting through life who who in theory grows a little bit, thanks in part to a relationship with a kid, and in mm-hmm. this case, with two kids, the yeah. uh, the kids of his mom's new boyfriend, and you know, aside from that, is it completely earned or is it just a fun, you know, movie? You know, it's it's more of just like a fun little story uh, to see this guy, you know, maybe grow a little bit. But we don't get to see too much of that. I think Big Daddy for all of the, you know, shit Adam Sandler gets for, you know, making dumb movies in yeah. theory, I think uh, is actually a pretty great movie movie i think people look back at it pretty damn fondly uh when it when it comes up certainly maybe the best of his like happy madison movies wow that's that's bold
1: yeah I think Big daddy's
0: I, the best happy madison movie the best most well-rounded maybe not the best for just straight up comedy then we'd of course have to go to something like billy madison or
2: little nicky all
0: the way little nicky okay no i <laughs> we're, we're learning things
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> Little Nicky is terrible, but I did live... Okay, so uh, once upon a time, I lived in Tokyo, Japan, mm-hmm. and one of the VHS tapes in the random apartment that the company gave me to live in had a VHS copy of Little Nicky. Mm-hmm. Wait, was it a VHS? It was a combo VHS. I don't... <clears throat> anyway... We had little Nicky in that random apartment, so mm. I probably watched little Nicky ten times in the, Hell yeah. in the year that I lived there yeah um, well, I,
0: I don't I don't have that uh that story, but I've probably watched Little Nicky 10 times anyway. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has its charms, it's terrible, but it's also it's just Adam Sandler absolutely unhinged and allowed to do whatever the heck he wants, and it's nuts. Absolutely. Anyway, uh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm. I'm probably just like a a purist. I probably just go back to good old Billy Madison and. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't Happy Madison yet, right? No. That's actually a good point. I don't think it was yet. Yeah. Well. Anyway, what do you got for your next piece? Oh boy. All right. So my 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 lesser pieces. My lesser okay. pieces. We're going downhill. Um, so this one, I actually picked Clerks Two. Okay. And the reason why I pick Clerks 2 is Clerks 2 is you know who are Dante and Randall but there are quintessential 90s slackers um mm-hmm. and you know I don't know I don't know why I just keep sticking with this slacker genre probably I'm the slacker genre is very familiar to me I guess I I mean uh I am a Gen Xer and that is the slacker generation maybe that's just mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just so I'm in tune to my own generation. Yeah. Um, but so those are the ultimate slackers. But Clerks 2 deals with really with being stuck and making changes and being afraid to make changes. You know, it's Dante who wants to make the changes. It's Randall who's who's resistant. But really, it's just uh, about, you know, that same thing. They're not 24. They're supposed to be They're in their 30s now. But it's that same we need to get motivated to 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 get out of here, you know, and just like in this movie there's they end up in you know trouble with the law, and they realize For that sure. they need to make some changes and there you go clerk clerks too are our, our ultimate <laughs> our ultimate slackers stuck getting in trouble with the law, and they need to make some changes they need to make some changes, of course, at the end of that, they end up you know staying in town and buying the the quick stop, but um, because Jay and Silent Bob are randomly rich, they have money like, from selling trucks. <laughs> yeah, apparently, but, uh, you know, you know, they don't exactly move move past that. So again, just like in Staten Island, is anything changing? I don't know. We're stuck. Mm-hmm. We're slackers, and we're stuck. So, yeah, clerks too. That's my second. That's my second puzzle piece.
0: I dig it. i I I don't remember clerks too very well when when we did our uh jay and silent bob reboot episode it hit yeah. me that that movie is just a straight up blur uh but it, it sounds like what you're saying there uh it, i can see some parallels for sure and certainly they are some of our favorite cinema slackers that is for sure and i you know it's funny when it comes to the idea of like you know the slacker or stoner type of movie yeah. Part of me wishes we got more of that in this movie because we really don't get that much of him and his friends or we don't really get to know any of them that well. But at the same time, yeah. I think the best bits are outside of that. Like when when we're dealing with Bill Burr's character and Marissa Tomei, I think that stuff is kind of better than any of the, uh, the stuff with the young people. So yeah. it's
1: kind of, uh, yeah.
0: I don't know, it, it's kind of a push and pull there
1: yeah the the friends the the other slackers that are not really going anywhere. I actually liked that. That was like that was like that like slice of life part of the movie where it's like I'm getting a little window into this world of Staten Island, and they mm-hmm. were that they were the they were that entry way into yeah. like the way of life that is Staten Island. Um, sure so I definitely liked just seeing them and like their outlook on things and the way that they spoke and the way that they acted. And yeah, I thought they were some of the best stuff in the movie too. And uh, although, uh, you know, and uh, none of them really seemed like they were, had that much motivation to get out of Staten Island. It was like one of those, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those same situations where they're just kind of stuck in this world. Although Kelsey, the female, she she wanted to make, she wants to stay in Staten Island and, and change it make She wants to again. make Staten Island to Williamsburg, which yeah. is a little weird because I'm guessing so she wants rich white hipsters to move in and drive rent prices up so her friends can't live there anymore. Uh, sure. And then have condos <laughs> get built for Manhattanites looking to start a family across the water. I, it, uh, That doesn't really sound like the best solution to me, but, you know, go yeah. uh, go, Kelsey. Yeah, at least she has a
0: dream. At, at least she, she has uh... a <laughs> dream. <laughs> So you know, actually, that talking about the the friends, the stoners, the the little little crew of of misfits, um, I I try not to always you know talk about a director's previous work as a puzzle piece, but Uh-oh. I I did want to bring up Knocked Up. Yep. The, I I thought the... Knocked Up is the closest comparison to a previous Apatow movie. Partially because of that group of friends, it's I think that it's the, crew the that yeah, it's like the most the similar.
1: Porn, the uh, oh, the sex yeah. scenes in movies. Website. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Until they're introduced <laughs> to Mister Skin, which has existed for years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. No, they, that very much felt like the same. Not the same group of friends, but that group of friends for 2020 Staten Island, whatever that is. Apparently, if that's what. People are like there, then that's I'm gonna I'm going along with what the movie is telling me, you know. But that it's that same group for that time, and then also the main characters, you know, growing up and that whole thing, trying to rise to the occasion of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe getting out of the whole arrested development thing. So, but uh, I think I think it's definitely the closest comparison within the Judd Apatow uh, oeuvre,
1: for sure, (laughs) for sure, one hundred percent, and that's his like group that he allows to just improv away and just say goofy stuff um and it works with stoners so you know good on you apatow you you tricked all of their filmmakers into thinking they could also just let people improv and riff and make a movie yeah (laughs) i wonder how familiar uh,
0: apatow i'm I'm assuming is 50 at this point i wonder how familiar Mm -hmm. he is with with young stoners today and like what they're into or how much of that is letting, you know, obviously we know there's a lot of improv involved, like letting those people do what they
1: think, you know,
0: I can't imagine that he knows that much. Yeah.
1: I, I know there's some of the, the flack against him is he only makes movies really about like white LA, mm-hmm. like decently well off people who's, Sure. Have like a couple friends that smoke weed. (laughs) So it's actually, (laughs) so one thing that I will give uh, uh, Apatow is that he ventured out of his comfort zone a little bit and went over to New York. uh, For sure. To do something a little bit, do something a little bit different.
0: A little bit. Yeah. So what do you got for your next piece?
1: My next two are pretty similar. I don't, because they're like King of Staten Island is very much a movie about Staten Island and about, Mm -hmm. What's interesting about it is it's not so much about leaving Staten Island. It's about just... My next one was actually... I need to st- I need to stop sticking with this slacker thing because it's terrible. Uh, I'm going to do one more <laughs> slackery one, I think. It's all good. So I had another one, and only because of its uh, singular view of one place, and that's... Uh, I just picked good old Richard Linklater's slacker uh, for mm. its very... One town, centri- it's just one town centric view. The whole thing is just Austin Texanites and about sure. that, just Austin Texanites stuck in their Austin malaise. Um, and it very much to me, when I was just thinking about movies where people are just kind of, you know, stuck in their malaise. I mean, this movie's called Slacker for Christ's sake. Like it's just people who are maybe not so motivated. And also, you know what's funny about these kind of slackery movies and people in these movies is is they all seem very, uh, uh, they all also have something very important to say as well. There's always that one who like knows the conspiracy theory or knows what's really <laughs> going on in, in the world out there. And the only truth is smoking this weed, man. You know, it's totally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, rich, uh, you know, Slacker has some of that stuff, whether it's like the the, the the UFO conspiracist or things like that. So I just, uh, I picked Richard Linklater Slacker for that kind of, let's get a window into uh, arrested development in one Mm -hmm. town. For sure. That's why I picked that one.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great one. Uh, I haven't seen it in so many years, uh, but I have to assume that at some point while they were putting this movie together, they, you know that that has to be on their mind. A, a movie like Richard Linklater's Slacker, like they had to have been like, we're we're making Slacker for this time right now. You know, and I, I think that there's a very, um, you know, uh, it, it's almost like a, a mainstream version of like like a mumblecore kind of indie kind of sensibility that yeah. I think Apatow's is going for with this. You know, yeah, I mean, it's Which, that whole that's all born out of that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's that whole meandering first act. It's 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 Mm -hmm. the fact that like it's all those random threads that pop in the movie that that never get resolved too. Like, for example, um, the restaurant fight club, which is never really that funny, and it never makes sense in the story. Like, I'm like. Why does the uncle or that's was his uncle right like why I was, I I'm I'm so. like why does the uncle do that to his employees like what's the history of that uncle that makes him put on a fight club <laughs> in this place and after you know after Pete Davidson gets punched out that one time it's it's not mm. in the movie anymore like it's not it's so like it's non-consequential it's not consequential at all to the plot which is so weird but it's this like the whole first, oh my god! This the movie's so long. The whole first like hour and a half is just this meandering, uh, and I, you know, I I would say that you know, if this thing was made by a more by a different filmmaker other than Judd Apatow, I would say that that's on purpose. But mm-hmm. I just think Judd Apatow was throwing in whatever the heck he wanted, you know, so. I think so. I I think so too. I think I would go the opposite direction though. And
0: I I mentioned earlier about, you know, the way uh, we're not getting this in the theaters and whether or not it's better on TV. I almost feel that this would have been better as a TV series uh Judd Apatow's he produced it his series mm-hmm. love which yeah. also you know took his sensibilities and turned it into a 10 hour you know yeah. you know mini show I think this movie might have you know, been better if they had, you know, gone into every impulse of every one of those little story threads and every, you know, little thing is an episode. And they're able to explore all that and explore this world of Staten Island's, you know, 2020 Staten Island, which we've never really seen before in any way. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, really dive into all that in an extended format. I think... In a weird way, two
1: and a half hours isn't enough uh, for what they were trying to do. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's 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 because it's allowed to go so long, you want more from it. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, wait a minute, you strung me along here for like three hours, and this is all you did with, with me? Like, that's it? Right. Like, this is all you're giving me? I was like, yeah. three hours? I was like, you could have given me this and <laughs> done an hour and 45 minutes, honestly. Like, you could have. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't need to go this deep into the journey if if you weren't going. I, I didn't need to be along for the ride this long if I knew that the the, the destination was this was this shallow. So we needed just... to fit two Kid Cudi songs, so we needed uh, all that time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness in there, yeah. Yeah, I I uh, that's how I feel about that as well. So I will go to my next piece,
0: which actually... Happens to be a movie that I covered here on the show with Whoa. your co-host, the Lady One. Uh, it's a movie called Garden State uh, oh. from writer, director, star, auteur, oh, wow. if you will, Zach Braff. But uh, I, I think that, that movie, movie definitely—it so it does. It, it totally so, does.
1: <laughs> like that, you know why? Because anything that was huge once eventually just gets shit on. Like it's just yeah. Yeah. It really it's, does. It's really well, sad. That's like the world we live in now. It's like
0: I, I feel like, okay, so first of all, I think Garden State, because, you know, we're dealing with, first of all, a, a kind of look into a, a certain kind of a youth culture that is, you know, feels very real. We're also dealing with the main characters dealing with mental health issues and depression and uh, in, in a, a pretty real way, I think. But then on just like a whole nother level for using this as a puzzle piece, Is what you were just saying there about the movie and its star being shit on constantly. I think Pete Davidson (laughs) is someone who people just kind of love to hate in a similar way to Zach Braff. And, you know, I don't, I don't, this is the first time I've ever experienced more than like a still image and a headline in Twitter of Pete Davis. And I've, I i do not think I've ever yeah. seen a Saturday night live bit with him or anything like that. I don't know anything about him. I think he was perfectly
1: fine. Uh, in Cause this. he's barely in any bits. He, right, They just I bring him so. in to like sit on the weekend update desk and just be Pete Davison for a second. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I I guess if he's uh, carved out that niche, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know what to say about him, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. People do love to shit on him. I don't I don't have anything you know either way to say about the guy. I mean, I think he did a fine enough job with the movie, but um, but yeah, I think I think people do love to hate him in a similar way to Zach Braff.
1: Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're different because he's like a stand up comedian, and Braff like wrote and, the. the Wrote and directed his. Like, but like, um, yeah, I mean, Pete, I think some of that also is going to be, I think some of the stuff that's going to hurt him a, a little bit is like how quickly and young that he was successful. Because mm. um, I think people like to shit on that. Yeah, is, that never goes over well with, no, uh, especially like the Twitter people and all that. Twitter people, like people that have been in, in the industry like a, a long time. I I've I, I don't know what other... Comedians think about Pete Davidson, but well, here I actually think so. They're making this like quasi sort of semi bio pick Mm -hmm. that I find slightly uninteresting. Mm -hmm. Whereas Pete Davidson's actual life is very interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. I think in this movie, if they would have just made Pete Davidson play a little bit young and then play a little bit older and you know, went into the tragedy like if if this movie is Pete davidson dealing with the tragedy of his own father's death which is very thinly veiled why not why not just go with the true way that his father died and why not talk about his struggles but also the fact that he's the youngest snl cast member ever 20 he's on one of the biggest shows, a star-making show mm-hmm. at the age of 20. He's a kid. I and didn't realize be, he was that young. And Jeez. and before, that's when he started. And and before that, he already had a career. He was doing stand-up. Uh, he had some movie roles, like uh, cameo-type roles. When he's a kid, like so yeah. young. So I find his actual life, so much more interesting with so much more to mine, to be honest. That I don't know why they didn't just make a, a a biopic because people starring in their own biopic can work. Howard Stern's Private Parts is excellent. How about Honey Boy last year? Honey Shia Boy, LaBeouf, you can be in movie. your own biopic and also like Howard Stern's Private Parts. You can be in your own biopic and it can be very funny. Yeah. So. I feel like that might have been a better movie. Interesting. I I
0: I think you're probably right there. Um, Hopefully,
1: a shorter movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you got for your next piece?
1: Oh boy, I got to do more. All right, hold
0: on. <laughs> I got one more. So, oh, do you have a, one more?
1: I have a I have a bunch of bad ones. Um, mm. because it's kind of that same like nebulous category of yeah movie. Um this this two-thirds of a movie we watched Mm -hmm. which is why you end up just googling generic things and be like what Uh, help (laughs) help google uh so i gotta do this podcast i gotta do this podcast (laughs) i just watched two-thirds of a movie uh that's the whole movie somehow um so you know but i think we've had some good ones so far um let's let's bring it home jc (laughs) yeah so uh, this one might be too similar to my last one but uh For another kind of specific town, and also somebody who seems to be uh, kind of a jerk and driving all the other characters crazy, Uh, I actually picked uh, another movie that my co-host really likes. I actually picked Lady Bird. Um, Mm. I picked Lady Bird because it's very Sacramento. Sure. And she's kind of a jerk in the movie. She's absolutely disliked and in this movie it's it's a lot of the same um there's even a a line in this one like his sister asks him to give mom a break when she leaves and like he's like when am i going to get my break and she's basically like everyone cares and coddles you and she says you know you're my older brother you're supposed to look out for me and every second mm-hmm. i'm away from you i worry about you and that's what you do to people like yeah and that's what it is he's very selfish and thinks about himself all the all the time like uh um when he goes to visit his friend in jail he's just there trying to see if he can crash at his house for a while um although there is that funny beat where the one guy is not actually getting catfished and that girl was real and she was visiting him in jail (laughs) which i actually thought could have been a funnier reveal but uh yeah and when he sleeps with Kelsey just so he could have a place to crash. Like he's, he's just, he's actively a jerk and just like a tornado in everyone's life. Like, like yeah, yeah. everyone around him has to, like he makes he not only like, like wrecks their life, but he makes people worry about him because of mm-hmm. how self destructive how self destructive he is as well. He's like a double edged sword. And, uh, it, it's kind of like, so, given his kind of unlikability and his dissatisfaction with what that's the weird thing he's he's not so dissatisfaction but like you know where the setting is almost a character in the movie as well sure i kind of picked lady bird where sacramento is definitely a setting in that but definitely a character in that movie and she also just struggles with being like a just like a, uh, in a uh, an emotional tornado for everyone around her as well, so that's sure. why I picked Lady Bird as a, a a puzzle piece.
0: I gotta tell you, JC, you you knocked it out of the park with your last piece. I hey. love that one. I, I think it's great.
1: You're so nice. You're the nicest host.
0: I think it's a perfect uh, a perfect puzzle piece for this. I think it's exactly the feeling I get from uh, from Pete Davidson's character as, like you said, this like tornado that's just kind of like sucking the energy out of everything and it's like just you know it's like just a total pain for everyone around and I actually had trouble enjoying Ladybird the first time because I was yeah. like this person is just such a pain in the ass and then yeah. the second time I watched it I really loved it um but yeah no I think it's uh I think it's a really great piece I think it totally makes sense and uh that's a great one, and I will move on to my final piece, which is not so uh, great of a piece, but <laughs> is. Uh, it, I, I was thinking, I was kind of laughing about the fact that uh, <laughs> the, the, his art, which is what is going to you yeah. know his his career his path and everything.
1: Tattoos. It's just
0: awful, and yeah. uh, I so it reminded me of Tom Green's character in Freddie Got Fingered.
1: Oh no, which, which is
0: his his whole path forward is his cartoons with his X Ray Cat and all that, and uh, he is um he is not really
1: that talented. No, well the thing is in the in this movie though. Hold on a second. He's he's awful, but then suddenly he draws a really great ice flash or whatever in that notebook. And I'm like, what the heck? He, Why is he suddenly good? It doesn't make he, any sense. He's
0: good in the middle because then it ends with the terrible tattoo on, on uh, Bill Burr's back. So it's like, why is he terrible? Then he's great. And now he's
1: terrible again. I think they have undiagnosed multiple personalities in there one of them's the worst d- drawer <laughs> ever born and the other one is pretty is decent and decent i like that they're not consistent <laughs> with how good or bad his art is <laughs>
0: yeah very very interesting choice i wonder if there's because i don't know i see tattoos sometimes and i'm just like i don't i don't i don't get it i don't have any tattoos myself uh but I wonder if people you don't think have a little, those tattoos, a little something on your belt a, line. I don't I don't I don't have a thing. No, uh, you think I should get something, JC?
1: <laughs> yeah, you should put JC <laughs> down there.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Artistically we'll,
1: though, artistically. Yeah.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll we'll have to discuss this at a later date and time. Okay, um, and we'll see. We'll see and if we I'll come put up
1: with something. I'll put DR on one of my <laughs> butt cheeks. You get to pick it, left or right. Okay.
0: I, I I like it. I like it. Well, we gotta definitely we gotta coordinate. Make sure that they, you know. Yeah, perfect. They go in the, the right ones for each same other. Same
1: artist, so. we'll, we'll go to yeah. the same artist. I'll make a trip. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll make a weekend of it.
0: Well, why don't I go ahead and do the finished puzzle? We'll get into some closing thoughts on the king of Staten Island. We talked about Say Anything, Big Daddy, Clerks Two, Knocked Up, Slacker, Garden State, Ladybird, and Freddie Got Fingered which I we went with slackers from beginning to end pretty much uh, <laughs> we for, did. for the most part. Uh, yeah, I, I think that says a lot about what this movie is and, and w- what this character is like. And for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet, uh, you know, kind of what they're getting ourselves into, you know, aside from that, I, I, I kind of mentioned it briefly, but I thought Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei were both great. I, I would have loved to see
1: more yeah, of Bill them. Yeah, Bill Burr is this. fantastic. He he actually, yeah. it's funny, I, I saw some, like, some interview with him, and he talked about how Judd Apatow said he had something for him, and then he goes, he said it's very normal in, in Hollywood to hear about something and then not hear about it forever, and then suddenly it's there in your face, and said yeah. that, like, a year later, uh, Judd Apatow's like, hey, remember that thing I talked to you about, like, a year ago? Yeah, you want to do that still? And, of course, <laughs> Bill Burr's like, wait, you're Judd Apatow and Marissa Tomei is the- yeah, of course, like, of course I'm not going to say no to this and talked about how he was almost like he had total like imposter syndrome uh, acting opposite Marissa Tomei he's just yeah he just felt like how am I here he was he he seemed so just uh, grateful and uh um what am I trying to say what's that word when you're not full of yourself uh humble humble that's That's the word man very humble Yes, mm-hmm. so, yeah, good for Bill Burr. Good stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of like his cartoon, F is for Family. Any other closing thoughts? Oh, man, closing thoughts. Yeah, I mean, final thought, yep, this was an Apatow movie. Is character change in this one? I don't think so. I think, I uh, again, I think it's overly long. He cuts nothing. They're just plot threads or things that happen that never come back into play ever. Or not significant. It just kind of meanders around. And then they kind of throw something at the end where, okay, I guess that was a movie.
0: Yeah, I guess that was, I guess that's the place to wrap it up. That works, is basically what they said.
1: Sure. (laughs) So, but, you know, I don't think it's, you know, so it's not my favorite. Like, I won't watch that again. There was nothing in it that was like some comedic, you know, goldmine of a scene that I can't wait to watch on YouTube or like, I can't wait to watch the movie again. Um, I'd say actually it's not very funny. No, uh, it's,
0: it's probably his least funny movie, but I didn't dislike it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a a pretty good movie, but it's not very funny.
1: I, I don't think people should go into it expecting a comedy. Yeah. I just talked King of Staten Island with the king of podcasting. <laughs> David Rosen. <laughs> Well, JC from Screen Fix, uh,
0: have you seen another movie recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Oh, is that a thing? Uh, It is a thing on this show. That is a thing. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, have I seen? Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, Here's a movie that I did like that came out right on the heels of this movie, uh, *The Five Bloods. Uh, I watched *The Five Bloods. That's another movie that takes its time. It does a lot of meandering, but a movie hasn't made me feel feel as emotionally heavy mm-hmm. as that movie did i i had 12 i had like 20 different feelings going on throughout the course of that movie i it was uh i think that is fantastic and i think delroy lindo has to be the front runner for an yeah. oscar in a year where movies are being postponed and pushed and here and there uh you know obviously we're Having to survive on streaming fair, which has been mm-hmm. hit or miss. Uh, sure. Uh, the, the Camille uh, Nenjani and. Oh, the Lovebirds. Yeah, I did not think that was very good at all. Um, no, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, some of the other stuff that's coming, that has come out that we have to, like, watch because there's not much content out there to consume. This one, though, bam, like, this is a real movie. Spike Lee is on a hot streak after Black Klansman. And mm-hmm. that's an excellent one to check out. I think
0: absolutely fantastic movie. And it's funny while I was finishing up my notes for this conversation of the King of Staten Island, uh, this morning, I was just looking at my screen and I'm just like, why am I even doing this movie? Why aren't I doing five Plus? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> such a better right. movie.
1: But, uh, you know, this was fun though. <laughs>
2: you know,
0: th-
1: th- this one hit, hit, uh, uh, number one on the streaming charts and on, mm-hmm. the, you know, some of, some of the other ones where you can, uh, yeah, basically, all the the big sites where you could have rented this movie or bought this movie, it was number n- number one. And then, uh, yeah, so it's worth doing. I think if people are gonna watch something though, and you're gonna spend your time watching something that's a little long and really good, the the Five Bloods is where you're gonna want to put your put your time. Hell yeah, agreed right there. Well, JC, why don't you tell people where they can find your podcast? All right, my podcast is called Screen fix it is a show where we fix quote unquote a recent film it doesn't mean that we're mean about it sometimes we fix movies we like it's just a fun exercise just like when you see a movie with your friends and you go get a beer and you talk about the movie and somebody says you know what i would have done that's our show so um it is me i have a co-host that goes by the lady one and we always have a guest well not always but we usually have a guest David Rosen is an all-star on our show. This guy can fix them with the best of them, mm-hmm. um, and I like having him on. His hair is as curly as mine, uh, so <laughs> curly bros, we can't get too close to each other or our hair might lock. Uh, that's yeah, true. So yeah, it's that's a, a that's a danger. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, six feet so distance. My show uh, you can find it at ScreenFixPod dot com. You can also find it on. Apple Podcasts, yeah, uh, Spotify. You know, I hate that they everywhere where podcasts are, but it's true, and it is true. Um, I've seen it with my own eyes. Right, and or you can follow us on Twitter, ScreenFixPod. Uh, we say stuff sometimes on there. I tweet, I tweet stuff, and uh, yeah, th- uh, please check us out. It would be great. Our uh, episode uh, out right now is Extraction, and we are also doing an episode on. King of Staten Island for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feelings a lot like yours. But yeah, so check us out. And also, Piecing Pod is the best. Go rate and review and subscribe to Piecing Pod. Give it five stars. Talk about it on all your forums and your Reddits and what you kids do. David Rosen's a star.
0: I feel like I should cut that little last bit out and make it my new ad that I send other podcasters (laughs) to uh,
2: insert. In a world of wonder. See? That's my fate. And horror.
0: The military advised that the flesh-eating pigeons can only be stopped by destroying the brainstem. And that they do not poop.
2: That makes no sense. Why did they do that? One podcast fights the forces of evil. The new and improved diabolical disintegrating death ray. (laughs) Ah! Triumphs over adversity. Now I'm not sure how to pronounce this word. (laughs) And brings hope. Live your life. Joy. Joy. (laughs) <laughs> and silliness. Perfectly normal. That podcast is Release <laughs> The oh, <that's coughs> Clowns Coming to ears near your head now. Release the Clowns sketch comedy podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify and all reputable platforms. Oh, this is most pleasing. Yes, quite marvelous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so i would like to thank jc for joining me on that episode i hope you guys enjoyed it the king of staten island is on vod right now so check it out or don't it's just all right but you should check it out because i mean it's judd apatow a lot of a lot of funny people involved in the movie and uh Burr is really good in it <laughs> so uh thank you all for listening as always, I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us if you're enjoying the show over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And follow us on social media at PiecingPod. We also have a Patreon going right now, which I do post advance. Uh, episodes on and we'll be posting some new exclusive music stuff in july that's going to be kind of my main focus in the month of july actually so i'm going to be getting uh, a lot of that put together so that way i can start getting it up on the patreon and then also start getting my next regular album ready to go Uh, also July is going to be the return of all rice, no beans, which I'm very excited about, which is a, a restaurant podcast, which I was producing all during the beginning of this year, up until the COVID pandemic hit and restaurants all closed. So we made the decision to put the show on hiatus for a little bit, but, uh, Stephanie is ready to get that going and I'm excited to get back to recording it. So more all rice, no beans coming your way real soon. So, I think that does it for today's episode. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music, as I always do on the show. And, you know, for the Judd Apatow style of comedy film, I I feel like I should go with something from my often... uh, pushed to the side and not talked about comedy rap career that I used to do back in college. And I think a good one to play would be a track called Don't Eat Fire. I feel like if uh, Pete Davidson's character had heard the song, maybe he'd have learned something and grown up a little bit earlier on in life before things got too bad. So uh, this is Don't Eat Fire. It's actually from a group called Demise and D-Rocks. I'm D-Rocks. And uh, we have a whole bunch of awful funny but awful rap music out there. Don't search for it. You don't need to listen to it, but listen to this track and we'll be back with more piecing it together next week. Come on now.
2: Come on now. Come on now. now. now, now, now. now, now. <laughs>
0: face all torched up your cute little face now looks like a pork chop if you don't wanna get a job working at a truck stop for fucks sake put out the flame listen to hip hop
2: Your left hand when you smack around a bitch Be polite and treat her nice Make sure you call her miss Take her out every night to eat at Roots Chris. If you want, you could even offer the pay But don't open the door for her cause that shit's gay Tell her she looks pretty and compliment her mouth If you don't have a Jimmy, be sure to pull out If she gets thirsty, share your fat tire If she gets kinda tired, share your coat to keep her wired Don't get caught If you're gonna be a liar Don't date a bitch if she's gonna be a crier You can't get no pussy then your dick should retire But most of all boys and girls don't eat fire